In this episode, I speak with CEO of Quanta Therapies, Fiona Gilbert. We have an excellent conversation in how her personal wellness journey, uh, discovering in her late 20s that she was diagnosed with MS and how that evolved into digging deep into the wellness and healthcare space for her own uh, practice that eventually brought her to her current role as CEO of Quanta Therapies, where they meet uh, the integration of traditional medicines along with wearable technology and being able to enable and empower your body to heal itself through bioenergy. And this is a new field for me and it's a very interesting topic and how the patches and, and bracelets that they offer can aid in facilitating wellness, whether it's sleep, which is one thing that I attempted to try with their patches, to uh, immune support, to a variety of other things. So sit back, listen, and enjoy. Remember, please share and like and subscribe to the podcast if you know of somebody that could see value in this, please again share. Thanks. Remember, be rested, be well. Well, with me today is Miss Fiona Gilbert, serial entrepreneur in the wellness space and CEO of Quanta Therapies. Uh, Fiona, thanks for joining. Hi, Scott. It's my absolute pleasure to be here. So, um, discovered Quanta and doing my research on you know, personal wellness and ways to rest and recover better and discovered you all and um, really interested to learn more about some of the therapies you all offer. Um, but before we dig into that, I did kind of want to get your background on kind of how you got to that point as the CEO of Quanta. You know, it seems like you've been in the wellness space for a while, but what was the prompting and to go down that path? Sure. I got into the wellness space when I became a patient that had um, chronic conditions that was okay managed, properly managed, but not managed the way I wanted. Um, so I was, I was 28, 29 when I first collapsed. Um, and, you know, they, they did the whole rush you into MRIs, take, take every valve blood, lumbar punctures, everything and anything. Um, and what they came back with was that I had a demyelinating neurological condition um, and otherwise known as multiple sclerosis. Um, for me, unfortunately, it was a fairly aggressive progression. Um, I went, you know, the, I was in constant pain. Um, I lost a lot of function. Um, I had tonic, tonic spasms and spasticity. Um, I walked with a hip limp. I, I walked with a hip hitch and a foot drop. Um, and I think the first five years of the diagnosis was probably the most devastating for me because I really didn't come from a physiology background. And all these things were happening to my body and they were shoving pills into me. We were going through medical procedures that I didn't even know existed. Wow. Um, and so it, it got to a point where I remember looking at my then spouse and I said, look, I'm done. I'm, I'm just done. Um, I can't keep going like this. We didn't sign up for this as a couple or as a marriage. Um, right. I don't know what else to do. And I said, the only thing I can think of at the moment is to maybe consider going back to Australia because we could explore the possibility of, um, 
euthanasia as well as the fact that maybe you know um they have stuff there that is not so insurance based and so um you know pharmaceutical based or surgically based um so at that point you know that, that's really not a conversation you want to hear from your spouse ever yeah <laughs> and um so his response to me was listen you're a smart person I need you to take a year off work. I need you to take a year off everything that you're doing and try to figure this out. And, um, and he says, well, at the end of the year, if you, if you are worse or if you have not made any progress, um, we'll have this conversation again. Wow. So I thought that was a really fair um, way to look at it and, and, and to have that relationship. So I took a year off and um, I went back to school. I went to study anatomy, physiology, movement science, um, adaptive fitness therapy, basically to learn 101 human biology that I just didn't have the background in. Um, and at the, end of the, at the end of the year, I was doing better. And then at the end of the two years, um, I graduated with a new degree. I became an adaptive fitness therapist um, specializing in gerontology. And then from there, I became an American College of Sports Medicine exercise physiologist. Um, and all the while, just putting together protocols and just being lucky enough um, because of the people that I knew would introduce me to new um, to new concepts, to new physiology concepts, to new movement concepts, to new products. And um, being in the Silicon Valley, that was kind of a, a bonus as well because you've got, you've got all, all the biohackers and all the biotech companies with all their new devices. Um, so that was really how I got started into this. And I started working in this field not because I needed to work in the field, but I started working in this field to keep my sanity while I managed my own condition. Um, so I went into private practice and then from private practice, people would say, oh, I've got a friend or a sister of a friend who has this condition. Can you help them? Um, and that's really where my clinic grew. And then companies got really interested in how I use their products because they had a, they had a vision of where their products were going to go. But then when you put it into a neurological rehabilitation space or a space where people do have limited mobility, um, it changed what we did with them. Yeah. Um, I, I was very lucky to work with a lot of concierge medicine doctors. And so my practice became a concierge wellness practice where we could actually take the time to explore a lot of different options for a lot of different people. So the point is that there is no one product or one protocol that will suit everybody. Right. And even then, for them, it could change from week to week. So I, I would say the, the really cool thing that happened in, in, my, um, in my personal professional growth was that I got to play with some of the smartest people here in Silicon Valley, and we were all lucky enough to have clients and patients who were very open to everything and anything um, and to have the financial resources to do it. Um, I, I think that is the key too, because it's very easy, um, to sort of say, well, we're going to try acupuncture and three homeopaths this week. Um, but if you are struggling to make 
um, your ends meet to pay the rent or feed yourself, um, that becomes something quite unrealistic. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in, in terms of my professional development, I was completely blessed and super lucky um, to have access to have all these people to try all these different things and try different protocols. Um, and for the most part, money wasn't an issue for them. So it was basically, you know, the, the magic, the magic wand of, of, um, concierge wellness. <laughs> um, so to get to Quanta, what had happened was I was doing really well. Um, I had all these protocols in place and for the most part, I hid my condition really, really well over the years. Um, and then in, a, in 2016, um, I had, I had, I went, I went, I had appendicitis and I went for surgery and the irony of it was, I think it's probably the least invasive surgery I've ever had in my life. And it was the thing that took me out. Um, for some reason I got out of the surgery and I don't know whether it was because my body, my systems were exhausted, um, or, you know, something, something triggered somewhere. And I could not get out of bed for weeks. And I kept thinking it's just an appendix surgery. You know, it was 30 minutes. People go to work the next day. Yeah, in and out, right? Right. And I was done. I couldn't get up to go to work. Um, my tissue, the tissue surrounding the surgical site was just taking so long to heal. Um, I had such chronic fatigue and I could just feel all my lymph nodes around my neck. You could actually see them because they were all swelly. And I thought, oh my God, what is going on? Um, I couldn't keep any food down. You know, they took blood tests. The blood tests look fine. Um, I reached out to my entire network and basically said something's gone wrong. And we couldn't figure it out. We just knew that all my systems were just crashing. Um, so then one of my friends in New Jersey, I saw, so then I actually went to Instagram to start closing down my companies because I thought, well, you know what? I fought for this for 15 years. Maybe this is finally the time where my body's just done. Um, and I couldn't go see clients because I could barely stand up. So I went through the process of actually shutting down my companies. And, um, in that process I was on, I was on um, and I saw a friend post um, that he was using bioenergy to work on the lymphatic system. And I thought, he's a smart person. <laughs> uh, he, uh, and I know how important the lymphatic system is, but I also know that every time you touch a lymphatic system, especially if it is in overdrive or it's underperforming, um, you can make yourself very, very ill from the detox process. Right. So... Um, I had done herbal, I had done herbal lymphatic detoxes. I'd done, you know, lymphatic drainage. None of it was really working and it was actually kind of making me quite ill. Um, and so I called him and he, he basically says, what do you have to lose at this point? And I thought, well, what do I have to lose? Sure. Let's go, let's go put some stickers on me. <laughs> <laughs> and within half an hour of putting four stickers on me, I have no idea what was going on, but I knew there was a change. Um, I felt like you felt, I felt it that like, quickly. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And people were—he was looking at. He goes, "You look like you something's going on." I said, "Yeah." I said, "I feel drunk." 
um, I actually feel like I've had five martinis really, really quickly. And then um, that was the first night I slept in months. And the next morning I woke up and I actually looked smaller. Like I was not as puffy. Um, Wow. So then... I was like, okay. I said, I don't even know what this is. I don't care what this is. Something's changed. And the fact that something's changed means that I want to go down this rabbit hole. Um, so I did. And for the next six weeks, I treated myself with um, bioenergy products. And I think if you go to our website, there is a, if you go into the story section, there's a before and after photo of me. Um, and that six week difference. Well, I'm going to have to go back and look at that. I was on the site, but I didn't catch that, uh, that section, but that's a phenomenal, um, story of persistence and perseverance. And I think one thing that I'm taking away from what you just said is don't look at things in a box, you know, it's, right. from a medical perspective, we often look at it siloed and sometimes that's how we have to learn things, but then you have to be able to zoom the lens out. And kind of to your point is it's not a one size fits all. Right. And it can constantly change. Right. It can't, it just can't be because, um, and as a practitioner, the more tools you have in your toolbox, um, the better chance of success you're going to have because it's, it's not just a physiology one plus one concept. Um, it's also client personality. There's certain things that a client can do that another client just cannot do. Um, I've got clients who will come to me and they'll say, I just want a meal plan for the next two weeks and I will follow it to a T and they will. And then you've got another client who, if you gave them a meal plan, they would just be like, I'm going to McDonald's now. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, Too overwhelming for them or whatever it might be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, and, and I, I get both sides of it because I'm a complete foodie. So if you tell me suddenly I can't, something um even i might not have eaten it for three years i want to eat it right now yeah it's, <laughs> it's like that little childlike response when your parents say don't do something you know you, oh that's what i'm gonna go do right it's, it's like you know um so we have a one of the things i do a lot of is a candida protocol and um so one of the things we do is that we say you know what for the next two weeks limit your fruit your fresh fruit because we don't want that sugar um no kombucha no beer because we don't want any of that yeasty stuff in, in your system while we, while we treat it. And the amount of times people will call me and they go, I haven't had a beer in two years, but the fact you told me I could have one for two, for two is like, I really want a beer. <laughs> it's such a funny psychological thing that just you get told you can't. It's, I guess it's almost in the delivery, right, at times where you kind of have to find the um, – positive side of that somewhere is like just eat this rather than don't eat this correct yeah absolutely just and then you kind of just like well you know this is what i like your your diet to be full of um and then um and then if if they say well can i have can i have a beer it's not going to be you know it's not going to be an obsessive thing and really most people who are going through something like that um not having a beer for two weeks is really not going to kill them um but it's just the fact that if if they mentally go into it thinking they can't have it um it's a a different conversation so I, I think, you know, that is, that was the whole thing with, with what we were doing is that, um, 
we want to make bioenergy and we want to make um, healing as accessible for people as possible in the space in which they are in. Right. Kind of their current state, right? Because not everybody is ready for everything. And um, sometimes they just want to, you know, we, we go into it because, you know, in, in my head, I want to go, you know, we, systemically we do lymph, then we take care of um, your organs, then we take care of the local issue. But you could come to me and you go, really, I know I need to get that taken care of. But what's really annoying me right now is that I sprained my wrist four weeks ago and it's still hurting me. Um, they're not going to care that I want to look at their limb. They want to make sure that their, their wrist doesn't hurt anymore. Right. So take care of that first so that you can actually have the confidence to go try other things. Um, or I work with a lot of people with PTSD. Um, and the thing I say to them is this is not a magic pill. What we're doing is we're giving you the resources to do all the things that you're supposed to heal that you might not have had the energy or emotional resources to do. So if we can take away some of that panic, if we can take away some of that anxiety, you can sit in your trauma and do things like talk therapy um, and, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy, that things that take a little bit longer to do. Um, but are so vital for your recovery. We're just we're just a tool in helping you do that. Yeah, it's a, an important distinction and kind of the undercurrent of what you're saying is be, the patient persistence around um, recovering your wellness mm-hmm. in that <clears throat> we are probably dealing with something systemic and don't want to deal with it anymore, so we want it gone. Yes. We don't have necessarily the mental fortitude to <laughs> – to be patient, but we have to be patient. Um, so it's just kind of like an interesting dichotomy of working through that process and being okay with incremental gains. Right. Or, um, or the fact that in, even if you do things like neuro-linguistic programming, if you do cognitive behavioral therapy, anything like that, there are some days where it's just not going to feel like you've done anything. And, that needs sometimes that just needs to be okay and I think I think you know especially when your podcast is called rest and recovery I think that's a really important thing for people to realize that um we we do this go 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 and we we Mm -hmm. think we're gonna have this um linear linear recovery or this linear um transformation and it, it just biological speed limits just tell you that that's not how it works exactly exactly so um can you just unpack a little bit when you talk about bioenergy Mm -hmm. maybe a brief webster's dictionary version of what that is and then Mm -hmm. how that relates to the stickers you had mentioned sure um so bioenergy is so the science behind bioenergy is that everything the universe vibrates um we are all vibrating at a certain level we all have a frequency of a certain level we're energy electric beings um and everything that vibrates has its own frequency or has its optimum frequency and um for example a healthy human body should be vibrating between 55 and 65 hertz um and when you drop below that number you start getting things like colds and flus um etc so when you when you look at it um the highest vibration is a rose so the plant the rose um which vibrates in 20 hertz um i use a lot of rose medicine when i make herbal tinctures for my clients 
um, because it's such an amazing adaptogenic. So what happens is when your body starts degrading or systems in your body starts degrading, that tune, that frequency um, starts getting off. So the easiest way I describe it to people is, you know, the sound check before the orchestra plays and they all are supposed to hit this one note and you can hear that one instrument that's not quite tuned right and it's, it's just jarring. Um, so that's exactly what, what is happening to your body. Your body is this orchestra that is very complex. It's got different instruments going at different levels, um, but we're all aiming for one note, like one synchronous, synchronous note. And when there is a system or an instrument that is not working to that, um, you start getting that degradation over time. So what the stickers do is the stickers will say, say to you, they're all, they're, every single one of them is adaptogenic. And so we're just saying, this is the note that you want to aim to. This is the note that you're tuning into. And the body being the body being a self-healing um, vessel that really loves homeostasis, that tune is very comfortable for it. So it works towards it. Um, it, it's like when you're in a classroom and someone scratches their hands on the, on the blackboard, that's grading right. and you want to avoid that. However, if there's a happy tune, you, you know, you kind of lean into it. So like your favorite song comes on, on the radio, that kind of leaning. Um, another way that I've heard describe, uh, practitioners have described it is, um, the remote control on your car that unlocks the door. Yes. You're not unlocking every door on the, you're not unlocking all the doors that you're walking past. It's just that it's tuned into that frequency. So that's what the stickers do. It is, um, it's a wearable format. It is subsonic, subharmonic sound that we can't, we can't hear with our ears, but our body cells can hear them. Okay. So it is, it's a wearable, but it has technology in it. Is, is it magnets as well, or there's some technology in it? No, so it's um, it's three components to each patch. Um, we have different things, but our base product are the patches. The patches are comprised of mod, which is the the, the sort of the, the balloon material that you get, you know, the Elmo balloons at Safeway. Yeah. Uh, mylar, and mylar is a beautiful conductive material. And within the mylar, we weave in a carbon crystalline composite, and it is this carbon crystalline composite. Um, that is able to hold the subsonic subharmonic frequency. Then the final component is a 3M adhesive that's actually made by the 3M um, company, and that is what adheres to the skin because given that it is having human contact, that's the only part that is FDA approved. Okay. Um, everything else is a life science product and not a medical device. Um, so essentially what we're creating is a CD that the human body can read. That is incredibly fascinating. Um, so the, the other version of this product is um, the bracelets. And the bracelets are a much more solid component. So you're able to program the metal in the bracelets um, and the frequency can hold in that for a year. So for, for, our, for a lot of our patients wearing the bracelet, instead of the, the more fl um, flimsy mylar, um, the bracelet holds frequency for a year, whereas the patches work for about five to seven days. So two different types of wearables, do they have different use cases or is it um, is one more like 
total body and one's more isolated? No. Um, so because it's sound, you have to remember because it's sound, your body is a closed loop system. It is going to use it how it is going to get to wherever it needs to go. Um, for example, I, you know, the best way of describing to people is a liver, you know, I could put a liver pad on your forehead and it will eventually get to the liver. Um, it's probably because it's sound, you want it as close to the liver as possible for efficacy, but I can put it anywhere in you and it'll get to it. Um, the bracelets for us is, is kind of a protocol composite because we've created protocols, for example, like sleep. Um, our, our patch protocol is a three patch protocol that you can buy and it's, it's, you know, you can use it over two weeks um, or this is a sleep bracelet that lasts a year. So it's, it's a nice transition phase for a lot of people because there is a low barrier of entry to try the patches. You can buy a protocol, try it. Um, and when you see that it works, you can then invest into the bracelet protocol um, because there is quite, because of, of the materials used, um, there is a significant price differential. Okay. And for our, I mean, while it works out very long, I have a bracelet for 12 months. Um, it's a big ask to say to people, you know what, you don't know anything about this technology. You don't know if it's going to work for you, but Hey, please spend $350. Right. Um, for, for most people, they're like, what? Whereas you can say to them, you know, here's a sleep protocol for $32, try it for two weeks. And so it's, it's kind of that sort of transition. Um, some people prefer bracelets straight off because they don't have to think about it. Other people are happy wearing stickers um, because they are shiny mylar. Um, so <laughs> it really, it really depends um, on, um, again, you know, back to the original conversation of we're trying to create something that's really accessible to everybody at the state in which they are in. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's, that's a fantastic approach is, to your point, and even why I'm doing this podcast is there's so much out there. It's just hard to find it because you're so used to the macro and, or tra- traditional, not even traditional, modern standards of pills and what have you. And it's not that they don't have their place, but it's only one element of the continuum of wellness. Right. Um, at least that's my personal observation. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's, it's like, you know, I say to people um, when, when they come to me and they go, I want to replace my pharmaceuticals with a supplement. And I go, well, you're just replacing with the same thing. Um, you know, a supplement is a supplement is exactly what it's called. It's not supposed to be something you're dependent on. It is there to fill a gap until that gap is filled in. Right. Uh, so I always get very wary of people who sell, you know, a year supply of um, supplements. And I go, why? <laughs> yeah. And it goes back to the, per- you know, what I've had even in the last week with other conversations is it, it really boils down to customized or personalized healthcare in really understanding you as the individual, where you are in not just the body, but mind and even to some extent spirit potentially mm-hmm. and all those things be, to be able to prescribe the right modalities or what have you to get you mm-hmm. towards that progression path. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
So when it comes to, you started to talk a little bit about examples for the use cases, I'll call it, or if me, I sleep. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So you could use a patch or a proto, the bracelet for a certain amount of time. Is there like a certain, hey, wear this for two weeks or wear eight to eight hours a day or just 24-7 or how does that protocol work? Mm-hmm. Um, again, it goes back to what people are comfortable with. Mm-hmm. So um, bioenergy works fairly quickly. Okay. The root of bioenergy is that their body responds to it very, very quickly. Um, I like to underestimate what it can do because it feels more realistic. Um, so I'll give a brace, like, you know, for example, sleep. Sleep is one of our... Um, one of our top recovery bracelets. And so I'll, I'll get somebody to wear a bracelet or, a pro, or, or patches and I say, you know what, give it three days. Like just give it three days and see how you feel in three days. Um, the reality is that usually within the first night, people are messaging me going, I don't know whether it's placebo, whether you've told me I'm wearing it's going to make me sleep, but I slept. And I, I'll say to them, I don't care what it is. Like, you know, you could be drinking warm milk and that's helping you sleep. The fact that you're getting rest and recovery, I'm, that's, that's what we're doing. Yeah. Um, and even if, if you think the bracelet is placebo, but you're sleeping, well, we've, we've, we've achieved our goal. Yeah, exactly. Um, so for, for a lot of people, what they do is they wear the bracelet. They wear the bracelet for um, two to three days. Then they get into a sleep pattern. Um, some people only wear it when they sleep. Some people wear it all the time. We have shift workers or people who do a lot of traveling. Um, they wear it all the time just to maintain a circadian rhythm. And so it really, it really depends. Um, I have, I use four bracelets, so it really. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> I have a, every limb covered, right? I, I've got, you know, I've, I've got everything covered. Um, I have, I have, you know, if I, if I wake up and I'm just feeling kind of not as great as I like to be, um, my favorite is actually the performance bracelet and it starts kicking in in about two hours and I just feel more alert. I feel better. And then, you know, um, I take it off. Then around bedtime, I put my sleep bracelet on, I sleep through the night or, you know, I, I think the most interesting thing people say to me is, I notice it most when I don't have it. There you go. And I go, yeah, that's, you know, cause, cause it, it, a lot of it's, it's supposed to be very subtle. Your body is supposed to change into this state very subtly. It's not supposed to smack you in the face. Um, so for example, I think for me, the thing I notice the most is we have um, a product called Quanta H2O and it changes the hydrogen and oxygen bonding in water. Oh, wow. um, and so I, I, when I'm at home, I will drink water that's treated by, by the bioenergy. Um, when I'm traveling, if I don't have my water bottle with my chip attached to it and I'm drinking, you know, what people give me or out of uh, plastic bottles, um, in about a day, I start noticing that I'm not as chirpy. Like I just feel like I'm thirsty more often. Um, I feel more fatigued, like my brain, you know, when you get dehydrated and your brain just starts, feels like it's shrinking. Yes. Um, I get that sensation. If I, if I don't have, um, the H2O 
And people have said that they've gone, well, you know, it's, it's run out. Not sure if I want to get another one. Not sure if it made any difference. Um, and then a couple of weeks later, they'll call back and they go, Hey, can we buy more H2O chips? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and there's something, you know, between, you know, the chip and also just the consumption of water, um, saw a statistic and actually had a guest on earlier. We were talking about IV therapies, but the systemic issue that is not talked about much is under hydration or or dehydration Mm -hmm. uh, being actually a a challenge and just had a personal appointment too, in which the testing came back. And that was actually one of the challenges and correlated to some of the way I was feeling. And we're like, all right, this is what you need to do. You're probably not consuming enough water. And, um, I think I just had a, a conversation. They were saying it's your body weight in half in ounces. It's, it's that, but it's also one of the things people don't realize is that they can't overhydrate too quickly. It's right. because that's a way it's, it's like if you're a dry sponge and you drop the dry sponge in a bucket of water, that dry sponge is just going to sit on top of the water. So what you really need is that sponge to soak in the water, which requires a little bit of pressure um, and a little bit, literally some dunking. Um, and so the way I usually advise people if they're, they're really dehydrated is that they have um, four ounces of water every 30 minutes while they're moving. Like just walk, get up, do a couple of squats, drink half a cup of water, four ounces, which is not much. Right. And then go back to, to what they're doing for a few hours. And then that that way it starts to get into the body because there's nothing worse than standing there and thinking you can get 16 ounces of water down and then it doesn't go anywhere. Um, you've just, you know, four 16 ounces of water into yourself for no reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, so where is, uh, so you mentioned the wristbands, the patches, you mentioned the water. Um are there things that you're looking next? Uh, I don't know if you are or not, or what might be evolving from the offerings and how to use the technology. For quanta, so quant, there's quanta and then there's my clinical practice. So there's quanta and there's Fiona Gilbert. Um, Fiona Gilbert already does all the crazy stuff. And (laughs) (laughs) um, quanta as a company is open to, you know, new technology all the time that will add what we're doing. Um, it has, but there is there is a much more corporate structure involved with that. You know, we we need from the partnerships. We need to have all the corporate checks. Um, but Fiona Gilbert, the practitioner, loves using the patches with herbal tinctures and um, laser therapy and light therapy and vibration therapy and um, IV. Like, you know, you name it, I use it in my clinic um, in addition to what we have at Quanta. But Quanta as a company, um, we are primarily focused on bioenergy Um and frequency science. So anything that's coming out through there um, in that space, we are completely interested to partner with and we're open to, to everything. Um, and I think, I think part of being open because I, I think the more, you know, the more you realize that you don't know anything. Yeah. Yeah. I, I started out in it sales and that was the joke is the more you learn, the less, you know, uh, because it just opens up another door to something else that you didn't realize had so many layers to it. Um, 
And I just find it interesting to, again, a bit of a theme we've been talking about is the unconventional thinking where there's so many correlations to things that you don't think necessarily are. You make these false assumptions or limitations, this limited Mm -hmm. beliefs construct on, oh, this is for this. And I think even with the current circumstance, uh, not to get into that much, but where they're finding a number of therapeutic drugs that are very effective for other things they hadn't considered. Right. So it's definitely fascinating. Well, you know, and I, and I think a lot of it is, um, while bioenergy sounds very um, high tech and very futuristic, the reality of it is this thought process, bioenergy and how we um, relate to nature. This is, this is traditional medicine. We've just somehow put it into a wearable format um, in with, with some science and, a lot of what we do, a lot of the healing, a lot of our practitioners, we're all returning to traditional forms of healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. and, and when you look at our, when you look at how we build our patches, how we build our stickers, it's about what exists in nature that is most important for us. Um, so for example, glutathione is a master antioxidant. Yes. So, we have the sound frequency of glutathione in 85% of our patches because that's a building block that the human body needs. And that's a, a new discovery for me is the importance of glutathione and, and how it operates in our body and, and the importance of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing. I mean, um, you know, a lot of people are now doing glutathione IV pushes or intramuscular pushes. Um, again, that you know, if you're scared of needles or don't have – um, that sort of financial resources. Um, the only thing I always say to people is please don't ingest glutathione because you're going to be wasting a lot of money. Yeah. Um, the body same. can't take that in that format. <laughs> so um, from what we've seen, especially through our um, free radical patches, is as a sound frequency, the body can use it, and it's very, very effective. Um, and, you know, People, people will say to me, hey, um, what are you using for your skincare? And I said, well, a glutathione patch. Because <laughs> it's, 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 it's literally, it's anti-aging. It's slowing down my aging process. That's amazing. Yeah, I, and again, I had another conversation earlier in the week and it was kind of the similar theme is kind of getting, getting closer to the source mm-hmm. that our body can self-heal itself very well. But if mm-hmm. we couple that with technology that maybe help enable it more either localized or, um, you know, accelerate the process a little more through those natural means or more natural means coupled right. with the technology. It's just, it's going to produce a better result with less side effect. Absolutely. Because you want, you want the body to do its thing. And every time we put something into it, that it's not naturally resonant with it, um, you're creating stress. And while a little bit of stress is great, um, too much stress is just too much. Yes. So, um, so we like to create systems that basically are body going to do what it's supposed to do um, with the minimum amount of invasion. Great. Well, uh, Fiona, we're coming up on time here, but mm-hmm. 
fascinating conversation. I'm, I'm like ready to go onto the website and order half the stuff, but, uh, especially with my sleep challenges. So, um, but I did want to close out with a couple of personal questions, if you don't mind. What are you reading right now? Okay. Um, I am one of those weird people that has to read three books at the same time. So I have three books going at at any time because it's not that I have ADHD. I I think there is just kind of a delay in processing information. Um, So if I'm stimulated across three different things, um, halfway through the other book, I'll be like, oh, I read about this in the other book. Okay, I get it now. Um, So at the moment, my three books are um, An Anatomy of Addiction, which is looking at how, um, you know, cocaine affected some of the greatest minds in like Freud and um, Halstead. So that's an interesting um, biographical historical read. Um, I'm rereading DNA is not destiny. Um, and because I am challenging some of my belief systems, um, I'm reading a book called sacred contracts. It talks more about, um, why some bodies don't heal while others do, um, on a more spiritual level. Interesting. Very cool. Great. Um, what are you listening to right now? Music or podcasts? Um, I listen to music a lot. Um, I podcasts and TV. I don't seem to be able to do on my own. So when I'm with friends and we listen collectively, I'm open to everything and anything. Um, the great thing about music is that my kids can send stuff to my playlist and I can hear what they're listening to. And half the time I go, what the heck is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I've picked up some really cool stuff. And, and you know, um, my kids are 23 and 19. So um, they have this very eclectic music style. And then having lived with me, um, I, I'm, I either improved their music style and made it worse. So I don't know. <laughs> Time will tell. Time will tell. <laughs> and so last one. So what is your go-to rest and recovery method? Um, this is kind of, you know, I get asked this a lot, especially when people know I come from this background of being ill for a very long time. And now I run a multinational company that is promoting wellness. So um, I think if I got sick or if I got burnt out, that would just not be good for the company um, on all sorts of levels, not just the running it, but just the whole optics of it. Right. Um, so one of the things I've learned in this process is that, you can't really say, you know, on Saturdays is my self-care day um, because come Saturday there's going to be 7 million things that still need to be done that maybe you didn't do Monday to Friday. So wellness and recovery has to happen throughout the day and it has to happen um, every day. So for me, um, nutrition-wise, I always have a mug of bone broth every day. Um, that's just kind of my, you know, 4 PM happy afternoon collagen. Don't talk to me moment. <laughs> um, I 
stop for dinner time. I, I've, I've learned to stop for dinner time. Um, and I learned to have a bedtime. So when I was first doing this, I was taking calls at two in the morning or three in the morning for, for yeah. different, or, um, I'll sit up just going, Oh my God, you know, um, I, I need to, I need to do this. Um, and I actually made myself sick. I, I made myself sick running a wellness company. Um, not a good look. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, you know, the old adage of uh, cobbler's kids has no shoes or doctors make some of the worst patients kind of thing is. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you know, you're, you're managing a large multinational company. So there's plenty of demands on you. Uh, mm-hmm. so. Right. So you realize that if you go down the whole, the whole, everything goes down with you. Um, and really there's nothing that you're doing that is so important that you can't stop. Yeah. Um, and if you do that, you set the culture for the whole, whole company too. Um, I don't want my staff burning out. I want my staff to be here with me, enjoying what we do and being very passionate about what we do because we think what we do is very cool. Um, so because of that, we've all established really healthy boundaries and because we all work in different time zones, um, there are pockets of time where, where you're just like, okay, we all, as a team, we need to sort this out. Um, but then also us as a team, we're very respectful of everybody's personal time. And there is no, I've I've come to realize that there is no company emergency that is so important um, that I have to pull someone out of their life. Yeah. Um, if our website goes down for six hours, no one's going to die. Really? <laughs> so yep. you just okay with that. Put it in the proper context of what the urgency or the emergency really is. That's an important, I mean, from a, as a leader, that's a great precedent to set. Um, and I think it's very empowering for folks and it's starting to trickle into broader, larger companies slowly. Uh, so it seems, um, but yeah, we're recovering from the dot com where, you know, it was a cultural, you know, badge of honor to be pounding, mm-hmm. you know, Mountain Dews and up until three in the, the morning and then up at six and do it all over again. Um, mm-hmm. It's not really a sustainable approach and just leads to not only physical, but also just the errors in the company. You're probably losing more, if you look at it from a financial standpoint, probably more from the errors and the re- rework than uh, four to six hours you had to take because the site was down. Right. Or, you know, I, you know, I used to get these notifications on my phone that would say, um, if the site was running a little slow and I just be like, Oh my God, the site's running slow. And you're like, you know what? In the big scheme of things, no one's going to die. <laughs> exactly. Well, Fiona, this is really a fun conversation. It was very educational for me and uh, I'm sure for our listeners. So thank you so much for the time and all the best to you and Quanta. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And, you know, if you or your listeners have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us. Um, We love sharing what we do, so we will have all the time in the world. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode with Fiona and her story and what Quanta Therapies is doing to not only aid in natural 
methods of healing, but also to make it accessible. If you know someone that could benefit from learning about quanta therapies and the offering they have, please share this episode and uh, help equip and empower someone with their wellness. So thank you again for listening. Remember to subscribe, share, and also would love to hear your comments. Uh, let me know if there's topics you'd like to hear about or uh, talking points or even uh, my personal experiences. So thank you for listening. As always, be rested, be well.